Welcome, everybody, to another edition of GC Live Talking Tuesday Nights. I'm Mike Yuva, and he is intern Joe. Happy Valentine's, Joe. What do you, what do you got, intern Joe? You got, you got that special sweetheart out there for you tonight? Nothing tonight, nothing tonight, but this weekend we are certainly celebrating, that is for sure. I don't exactly know what the hell that means based on the question I asked you, but we'll roll with it. We'll go with it tonight. Happy Valentine's Day and happy Tuesday to everyone watching right now. Of course, the Gamecocks men's basketball team is playing, but kind of like going to the grocery store, right? You don't have to just get Coca-Cola. You have other options out there. And the other option out there tonight is being able to talk some Gamecock football. We'll look ahead not just to the spring football edition for USC, which is crazy to think about because it seems like it was just yesterday that we were down in Jacksonville getting ready for that bowl game. But they are getting ready for spring football. They have some new faces, of course. They have some familiar faces as well. And they also have a lot of question marks to answer this spring. But in addition to that, as we found out last week, a handful of Gamecocks will be attending the NFL Combine out in Indianapolis at the end of the month. We'll discuss that and we'll look back to a story that I did actually last week in turn, Joe, talking about where those guys are projected to go. So, that is what is on the docket tonight, and anything else that you guys want to talk about, feel free to comment, whether you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you guys are watching tonight, and we will address those questions. In turn, Joe, let's begin with, I guess, the more recent story with the Combine mm-hmm. stuff. Let's talk about that, because there's no question when you talk about Cam Smith, that's going to be the name that really jumps out, right? Cam Smith, right? You know, projected to be a late first round draft pick, uh, early second as of right now. That doesn't mean he can't slide on up. But one guy in particular who's really, really been, I think, under the radar, even going back to last season, had a hell of a season. Great senior bowl down in Mobile. Mm-hmm. He really has an opportunity to be drafted, I'd say, in the top three rounds, and that's Darius Rush. Oh, yeah. I'm very high on Darius Rush's stock. Um, And obviously, like, we have a bunch of those guys going to the combine, which is going to be huge. I think Cam Smith is going to do nothing but improve his stock at the combine. Obviously, scouts, you know, it's not the whole ordeal. Like, you're not looking at, you know, the the combine is his whole body of work. But I think Cam Smith and Darius both respectively are freakish athletes, you know, they both have that kind of raw talent. You're going to see that at the combine. Um, and so I, I think, you know, both guys are going to help themselves. I think Zach Pickens um, is another guy that's really going to help himself at the combine. Um, and then, you know, obviously, like, I, I think Darius, Kevin's got a good point here. I think Darius goes second round. I personally, from my just watching Darius over the years, I think he, shapes up to be a first round talent, but I mean, I I think he will go in the second round. I think talent wise though, you know, we're, we'll see as, you know, he progresses through his NFL career, he will turn into, you know, should have been a first round talent, but I mean, those guys are both freakishly athletic. Like it's, it's crazy watching what Cam and Darius can do and Darius um, more in particular, like he, that, that guy, you know, he came here as a wide receiver and then converted into a DB under Muschamp. And so, you know, it, it, it's crazy how athletic Darius Rush really is. And with his size, it's, it, it makes a perfect NFL cornerback or safety or just defensive back in general, Mike. I mean, he's got all of the intangibles, and I really think he's, he's going to be a name to watch. 
whether he rises or falls on draft night, I'm not sure. I'm not really good at the mock drafts and whatnot. <laughs> and I mean, in terms of Cam Smith, he should go in the first round from all the mock drafts I've seen, you know, they're kind of sleeping on him, but I think NFL teams aren't really going to do that as much. I, I, I can see him, you know, rising into the late first round could be early second, but I mean, personally, I think Cam Smith should be a first rounder and will be. And what I love about Darius Russ's story is just, he's always been the underdog, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, went to CE Murray, as we know, that's not that big of a school, right? Yeah. Coming out of high school, there probably wasn't a lot of buzz around him just because it was like, all right, well, he played at a smaller school, you know, like you said, Went in as a receiver, flipped defensive back, and I felt like after the 2021 season, especially with what he did in the Dukes Mayo Bowl, he was someone that I was really looking forward to being able to see if he could take that next step, right? We, we understand what Cam Smith is capable of doing. I mean, I've been covering him since his days at Westwood, so people in the area, they've had a tremendous opportunity to see this young man grow. But the thing with Rush that really impressed me with this year is that he didn't have a choice. He didn't have a choice. Because like we talked about before, if Smith was playing on the opposite side, and yes, I understand Cam played some nickel as well. But if Cam was on the opposite side, especially at the beginning of the year, we knew teams were going to go Rush's way because they wanted to see how good he really was. Right, like you knew the option on one side of the field. What's it going to be like on the opposite side? And they tested Rush, and he was able to deliver, and not just deliver in the season, but he's also been able to deliver in these senior bowls, as we mentioned down in Mobile. What I'm looking forward to the most with him is how he, and you mentioned before, trying to raise that draft stock. Right now, and I'm going to pull it up right now. Um, Right now, most mock drafts have him going between the third and fourth round, okay? But like I said, a strong performance at the Senior Bowl last week is only going to help. But if he has a strong performance at the Combine, and it's not even just the testing intern, Joe. It's those meetings. It's the things that people just don't freaking think about. Just being able to look a coach in the eye, look a scout in the eye, and being able to talk to them, number one. But number two, being able to go up on the board and just draw up different scenarios when they're asked, okay, what are you doing this? What are you doing that? His football IQ is very freaking high. Very high. A quiet leader. Uh, I, I think he has, he brings so many intangibles to the table outside of just, like I said, the things that you see that he does on the field on Saturday, the things behind the scenes and the people that you talk to that know him very well, I think he's a guy that, like you said, yeah, he could sneak in to potentially being, you know, an early third, if not late second. But obviously that comes down to having a good combine day and then being able to have a good pro day, depending on what he decides to do when pro day rolls around in Columbia. Yeah, Mike. And I mean, Darius Rush is one of the smartest people I've ever met through football and through all of that, you know, he comes from a really academic family. He's always had good grades and, and no complaints there. I believe his brother's a doctor went to Stanford mm. and everything. Um, I, I'm not sure about the doctor part, but don't quote me on that. But I, I know he went to Stanford, um, which is crazy. And, you know, his it's academics and just being well, a well-rounded human being is, is one of Darius's best traits. You know, he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. 
Um, really, really cool guy. I've played basketball with him before and treated me like I was just one of the guys and stuff like that. And obviously during that basketball run, I got dunked on. So I saw firsthand yeah. how, how talented or almost got dunked on, but I saw. Oh, how come on. Don't change I this did. story in turn. I, I did. So it was it's a all right. You got posted. Will, guys. It's all right. It happens. I'll tell the story. No. So it was like, there's a fast break and the guy who was going up missed the layup. And Darius went to put it back, but the guy who missed the layup missed it so bad, Darius missed it. But I was coming back, and then I turn around, and then all of a sudden, Darius Rush is trying to, like, put a ball back on, on top of my head. I'm like, nope. But, yeah, so <laughs> long story short, I got to see firsthand how athletic he really is, and good God almighty, um, he is indeed. So I, I think Darius Rush is going to be, like, one of those guys to watch, like I said. And obviously, in the draft interviews, um, he's really going to impress some people. Uh, and I think that's just going to help him too. And his football IQs are off the chart. And I mean, he saw, you saw that with, you know, the rotation and everything that kind of happened in the defensive backfield earlier on in the 2022 season, because rush, you know, had to play a variety of different roles and he had a lot of new guys in there that he had to coach up. And mm-hmm. so when cam was kind of in and out, um, you know, rush had to step into that role of kind of you know player coach a little bit and kind of coach up some of these newer guys so i think it's huge um you know in terms of his football iq just because of how great of a person he is and then his athleticism mike it's it's going to take him a long ways and it's going to take him a long ways in the nfl too i mean similar size a guy that i kind of compare him to game wise game style wise is kyle hamilton out of Mm -hmm. Notre Dame who got picked for the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm not saying that because I'm from, you know, all the Notre Dame comparisons and whatever. Similar size, place, similar game, long, lengthy, and really, really athletic. So I I could see him making an instant impact for whoever, you know, wherever he goes. And I'm really rooting for him because, you know, like I said, great human being, fantastic human being, Darius Rush is. Taking a look at the other guys too. We mentioned Cam Smith. I mean, Cam's a guy that, is projected to go anywhere between the mid-first round. I think I may have said late, so just to correct that. Mid-first round to early second. But again, I mean, these are projections before Pro Day, before uh, the NFL Combine. They're going to have an opportunity to really dictate what their stock is going to be. Um, Now, again, at the end of the day, the film is what ultimately speaks. But look, from a character standpoint, I'm not saying that's an issue with Cam or any of these guys that we're actually talking about, but there's so many different levels and so many different things that scouts and NFL front office personnel, they they really focus on when you're going through this whole process. I mean, they, they're going to find out if you were an absolute uh, ass to someone when you were back in fourth grade. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff they do now. They really do their homework. And I mean, that's just where their league is at. So I bring all this stuff up because – it's less about these these five men that we're talking about right here as well as some of the other Gamecocks who will be taking part at Pro Day because just because they're not taking part in pro in, in at the NFL Combine in Indy, that doesn't mean their NFL dreams are kaput. No, they're going to have an opportunity. Uh, we've seen it over the last couple of years with South Carolina players. Obviously, we've seen it throughout the cross the league. Um, but that is one thing in particular. I do want to go through these guys kind of quickly. Uh, because we're going to have an opportunity over the next couple of weeks to really dig in deeper. We're going to have hopefully some interviews with these guys, uh, as well as some guys that went through this process in the last couple of years. But real quickly, I mentioned Cam Smith, mid-first round to early second, and that's according to 
you know, all these different mock drafts. This one in particular is the NFL draft buzz um, that I saw. They have him actually rate as the fourth cornerback for this year's draft, but being able to play that nickel position can certainly add some more value to his stock. Uh, Javon Gwynn, he was a late addition to the senior bowl and he was, he was great. He was great. Um, projected anywhere to go from the sixth round to being an undrafted free agent. He has such high football IQ. Not the tallest guy when you think about an offensive lineman, just under six foot two, but definitely a leader, strong as an ox, and someone that if you bring him in, you're going to get a very, very high football IQ guy and high character too. I mean, you hear me repeat a lot of these things here, but it's the God's honest truth. Zach Pickens, we know he's a big body. He can move around. Another guy that took part in the Senior Bowl, he was actually the American team's defensive lineman practice player of the week, and that's chosen by his peers. He is uh, projected to go in the third round. And then we have Jalen Brooks. Jalen Brooks is an interesting one for me because he's projected to go anywhere between the seventh round to being an undrafted free agent. And I think it's more likely right now that he'd be an undrafted free agent. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams out there that want to know certain things about him. Why were you away from the team? This and that. This and, and I can tell you from number one, the way he handled things going into this season, he could have allowed things to be a distraction. He didn't. Um, and on top of that, the fact that he joined the team, he came back and joined the team, proved that, you know, any type of questions, which again, it's part of the process, a job interview. It's one of those things that he was he was welcomed back with open arms from Shane Beamer. So I say all that because from the time that he did not have with USC, the time he was away from the program, it might hurt his stock. Not might. It certainly right now would appear that it would hurt his stock. But once he has an opportunity, the fact he's going to the combine, he's going to have even more opportunities to do those interviews compared to if he was just doing a pro day. So I, I think this is a tremendous opportunity for Jalen not to just go out there and show his athletic ability, which we've seen. He came in here. He grew, he grew every freaking year. He really did. Even the time at the beginning of the year last season before he – Missed the remainder of the season for personal reasons. I mean, think of that catch against Georgia, kind of like Odell Beckham. Uh, he's a guy that if he can just get in front of those scouts and coaches at the NFL Combine, I really think he's going to impress people. Because he's going to answer a lot of those questions in turn, Joe, that I feel like some out there are going to want to have answered because there could be red flags in their opinion going into this process. Yeah, I mean, I think Jalen Brooks is obviously an interesting one because he got invited to the Combine, and I think he, depending on what he runs in his 40, um, I think that's going to be key for him. Um, obviously, he's going to get the questions about what happened and everything like that. And, you know, from everything I know about Jalen Brooks, you know, he's, he's going to handle it like a like a, a man and everything and really take care of it, um, you know, because he, he does – he's on top of that and he, he's resolved the issue and learned from it. Um, and everything that I've heard from from inside the building and outside of it, just anyone who's really interacted with him about the situation uh, understands that, you know, he's moved on from it and, you know, he's 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 learned from it, which is the biggest thing. Right. And I think teams will notice that if if, you know, GMs 
have a heart, you know, they'll notice that, you know, as long as you learn from something like that, you, you are, you know, more than willing and or you're answering it correctly, if you will, if you prove that you've learned from it and moved on from it and grown from it. And I think that's the key for him in these interviews, but I think him going to the combine is a great chance for him to, you know, really show his stuff um, aside from pro day. Um, I think, you know, the 40 times going to be really, really big. Mm-hmm. Um, for him and also for rush too. Um, I think if rush runs a really low 40, then, you know, he could really jump into a higher, a higher round. I've got the ESPN. I apologize for that. I've got the basketball. I think intern Joe, I think intern Joe, you mentioned the speed and and don't get me wrong. I mean, that's certainly something that we all think about. I think for Jalen more than anything outside of the obvious, which I just stated, which is those meetings he's going to have, those opportunities, those job interviews with different NFL teams. I think for him more than anything, it's just going out there and just showing those crisp uh, running ability that he has. He has to do that. He has to do that. Uh, One thing I remember when he came to South Carolina, him and I talked about it because, you know, I always find it fascinating the guys that, have some type of division two background because I understand just how some of those guys are are wired and how they're programmed. And because of certain connections he had, he was actually training in the summer with Daniel Jones, the quarterback for the New York giants. So I say those things because when he came to South Carolina, I felt like it was just only a matter of time until he was able to prove himself, which again, there was certainly some obstacles along the way that prevented that from start to finish. I felt like the finish was strong for him though. Uh, Would have been a tremendous finish if he had the opportunity to play in the bowl game, but you know, it is what it is. But I say that because I think when he goes in front of some of these scouts and coaches, when he does these meetings, not just at the combine, but leading up to pro day and they put him up on the whiteboard, I feel like he's going to impress some people. I think there's going to be some people. I'm not saying that he people think he's a dummy. You know, I've had a chance to talk with him. A chance. He's, he's a smart kid. But what what I'm trying to get at is that football IQ, which I know I'm repeating and it's it's over and over. But it's the God's honest truth. I think once he has an opportunity to go up there and show some things because he's learned. Number one, this past season for everything that people want to say about Marcus Satterfield, it's going to help guys like Jalen Brooks, because there's NFL terminology that is built into that playbook in terms of how they go about calling things. And that's not to say it's, you know, but but what I'm trying to get at is, you know, from the protection to the routes, there's just more language involved. Okay. It's kind of like a PhD, if you will, right? Like you really need to understand every single, that's not to say college offenses aren't complex. They can get very complex. But between that and having the opportunity to work with an NFL quarterback, that's something else that people don't think about when they go through this process. And I know he's not the only guy that has worked with an NFL quarterback before, but uh, I think Jalen's going to surprise a lot of people. I think Jalen surprised some people when he got invited to the NFL combine. Surprised me, Mike. That's for sure. I wasn't I wasn't expecting him to get an NFL combine. No, I mean, Again, not because I don't think he's athletic enough. It was just because of the limited – Again, going from point A to point B in his career, it just it wasn't a straight line. I'm glad that he is going out there because, like I said, I think he's going to surprise a lot of those coaches once he has an opportunity to talk to some of them and he's able to go up on the whiteboard. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Brooks, again, I was also surprised when he got the combine invite. Um, I guess on the topic of guys that, you know, are going to surprise some people. I think, you know, Joe Von Gwynn is one of those guys. I don't necessarily think he's going to surprise anybody in terms of where he's going to get drafted, but I think he's another guy whose game translates to the NFL pretty well. Um, he's Mr. Consistent. He's, you know, always there. He's, he's a big, big brute force on the line. And I guess same goes for Zach Pickens. It's another guy too, um, you know, stereotypical or uh, archetype basically of the NFL defensive tackle. Um, and Zach's a big boy in and of himself too. So I, I think both those guys on the, on the lines, um, are going to make some noise once they get into the NFL. I don't necessarily think they're going to make as much noise on draft night, but both of those guys have potential to, you know, earn a spot on a roster, let alone, you know, see some playing time, um, as a backup and eventually get a spot, uh, cause they're both super talented. And like I said, you know, they're, they're both prototypical, um, NFL guys now. Um, they're sinking far enough because they haven't, I don't necessarily think they put enough on tape. Um, I believe is the reason, but I mean, I, like I said, I think both those guys could, you know, are going to have better careers after, after draft time. No question intern Joe, no question. Again, guys, the NFL combine is just a couple weeks away. It really is crazy to think, um, about where we are right now. And the combine starting on February 27th. And that obviously lingers over a couple days, actually goes up until March 6th. So when we get all the exact dates of what position groups will be where and that, um, we will keep you guys posted on that. But the NFL Network will provide live coverage of the event March 2nd to March 5th. I remember going out the year, I guess it would have been the year Clowney was drafted. Uh, yeah, because it was Clowney, it was Johnny Manziel. Uh, that class was stacked. Yeah, that class was Mosley. Mosley was there. Um, goodness, that was uh Michael's Michael Michael Sam too, uh, from Missouri. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I just I remember I remember that class like it was just yesterday. But my whole point trying to be is that my point what i'm trying to get at is it's an absolute zoo absolute zoo um so as we get closer to that we'll have more we'll have more on uh, on the combine kevin asks have we heard how healthy van will be for pro day i want uh to see him make it he's still going through the process of getting healthy um in terms of what we can expect from him on pro day i mean i know we're you know, we still got a little bit more time until we get to that point. But at the same time, two times ticking. Um, it is my understanding that he's going to do everything he can to be able to take part in it and do everything that he can. Um, but again, it all just comes down to how everything heals up as quickly as it as it can. And uh, we're hoping that he'll be good to go. Um, but we'll have to just wait and see. That was the last word on that. So flipping... From the guys that are getting ready for the NFL Combine. Again, I know we didn't mention every single player. I mentioned Josh Van right there to answer Kevin's question. Plenty of players that weren't invited to the Combine, but they'll still have an opportunity to take part in Pro Day, which has not been announced. Typically, that's in oh, usually mid-March. I think it's usually around mid-March, late March um, is when South Carolina typically holds it. 
Um, I'm not saying ESPN is going to come out for this for this year's group, but you know, depending on how many players you have in a in a, in a year, where uh, coverage might be something that you know TV stations want to be able to highlight a little bit more. That can obviously change things up a little bit. But again, we'll worry about that when we get there. Intern Joe, we're talking about the Gamecocks that will be taking part in spring football. One guy that won't be there, but I know a lot of people are looking forward to getting there, is this man right here, Nicholas Harbour. Nick Harbour, my man. So this on is Saturday. Been- oh, on Saturday, intern yep. Joe, real quick. On yep. Saturday, he ran against the best of the best. He was going up against freaking pros for crying out loud. He's not even 18 years old yet. Not even 18 years old. Held his own. He's a freak, freak of nature. Tonight, though, okay, didn't win that event, but at the same time, you're going up against pros, you know, 17 no. years old. Tonight, though, high school, back in D.C., this is the 300 meter. Not only did he win it, not only did he win it, but he freaking dominated. He won it in style, Mike. He won it in style. Um, I see. Pretty easy to tell which one he is, too. 300 meters. He ran a 30. Let me make sure I get this right. 34, because sometimes it's just hard to freaking even believe. 34.82. 34.82. Ben says, I love the way how you say harbor. It's going to take some time for me to fade out my Boston accent after being back in Boston the, this past fall um, for Patriots coverage. He jogs to the finish. It's ridiculous. That's it's ridiculous. So, and here's the thing. I know we talked about this last week, and it's going to be something that we're going to talk about at nauseum, not just leading into the season, but I'm sure throughout his entire career at South Carolina. There's no question the excitement that is around him um, when it comes to just a football standpoint. But what he's going to do from a track and field standpoint, there's going to be people that I like to refer to as pink cat fans. Okay. okay? The pink cat fans. They might not necessarily be a huge track and field fan, but they're going to go out there and they're going to go watch this young man and not just this young man, but they're going to go out there and watch the young men and women that are on the track team for South Carolina because they're going to get excited about track and field a little bit more. Never mind the fact that USC is coached by an absolute legend Curtis by the name Fry. of Curtis Fry, who has coached 28 Olympians. 14 of them have uh, earned medals at the Olympics. You're going to have an opportunity now to get more exposure for that program. And I, I don't want to go as far to say that, okay, this is going to be able to help football recruiting. But, look, Nick Harbour's not the first football player to come through South Carolina and play multiple sports. Certainly not the first football player, right? I mean, we've seen it with track and field. We've seen it with basketball. I'm sure that if you go all the way back, you can find some baseball in there as well. I mean, shoot, you don't have to go back that much. Yeah. Uh, this is him running. Brandon, McEl- Brandon McElwain, I believe. He, uh, he played two sports before his departure from USC. But I bring all that up, though, intern Joe, because – 
there's so much excitement around this kid, and it's not just going to be for football. It's not just going to be for football. That's the exciting part. And Curtis Fry even mentioned it. Just think about what's going to happen at some of those press conferences. There's going to be more freaking cameras in there than I can remember. And don't get me wrong, USC, I mean, they've won national championships before in track and field. But, I mean, look, being able to have a kid like this, goodness. I, I'm excited. I'm very excited to be able to see him, not just obviously in football, but what he's going to do out there in track because he's only going to get better. He's only going to learn more. Mm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like we talked about on uh, on Wednesday, signing day, whatever, um, Harbor's got the potential to be an Olympian. It's crazy, man. To think about that is ridiculous that he has that much talent. Like that's the highest honor in track and field is, you know, going to the Olympics and, and, and possibly meddling, you know, and God bless Curtis Fry. He's the man. That's our guy. Um, he, he was very, very, very high on his, um, on Harbor's track and field mm-hmm. abilities. Um, and so right now we got the 55 meter, which as you'll see is also <laughs> insane. It's quick. So find the big guy. And Kevin, as we watch this right here, you bring up an excellent point. I mean, one on. that I was trying to get at. Look at him. Jeez. And the crazy part about it all. 6-3-3. The crazy part about it all isn't just the fact that isn't just the fact that he's putting up these numbers at again, he'll be 18 years old this summer. It's not the fact that he's doing this at 17 year old at 17 years old, which is impressive. I mean, it's you know. That goes without saying that it's impressive. It's the fact of how freaking big he is, and he's moving like this. I yeah. mean, he <laughs> again. Let's remind people: he's six foot five, two hundred twenty-five pounds. Six foot five. It's ridiculous. Two hundred twenty-five pounds. So again, he's in high school, Mike. It's ridiculous. Again, when you look at these times that he's running and I'm not going to act like I'm a, you know, track expert, Usain Bolt over here. I mean, you know, I'm sure like a lot of you guys out there may have ran track and field like, okay, you understand certain concepts and all that, Look at that. but you would think you would think that again, obviously there is a threshold from a, just being a human, right? The human body can only run so fast. Yes, but at the same time, too, and I know it's hard to believe it at times, Nicholas Harbour is still just a boy. You know what I mean? Like, he's still just a boy. And I'm not trying to knock any of the coaches that he's worked with in high school or even, you know, I don't. what would you call it outside of high school? I don't know if he did any kind of like AAU track. Again, yeah. I'm not a track expert. But I, I bring that up because – now he gets to go to college. The strength and conditioning programs that he's going to be on for obviously for football and track are going to be different. But as we've been told, he doesn't really want to throw too much weight on because he wants to make sure that he keeps his speed up. He can he can still move the same way from a track and field standpoint. He's going to be able to build more muscle, especially in his legs. I mean, that's the first thing I always, always, always think of when a high school player is making the jump from high school to college. Always. I don't care how big they are naturally. I don't care. I don't care that, you know, 
you you know, you think of the Bo Jacksons of the world, the Herschel Walkers, the George Rogers. Some of these guys are just absolutely blessed with size when it comes to just, you know, you're coming out of high school, you're ready to go. It looks like they already have freaking shoulder pads on. They don't even have any gear on. Okay. Nicholas Harbor is in that group. But at the same time, too, when you're talking about track and field, just the little twitch muscles and this and that, I mean, he's really going to have an opportunity to grow. But to go back to Kevin's point, though, and this is what we were talking about a little before, intern Joe. You know, yeah. Kevin mentions, you know, I know a lot of people don't talk about it, but our track and field program has got a lot of nice recruits over the years. I think the big thing, too, is this, right? You think about the ability to show off your track and field program, okay? I don't think a lot of people, when they think about track and field, they don't think in terms that you see Nicholas Arbor just Look freaking that. run away from everyone. That's prior to signing day, but holy yep. shit, man. But they don't think they don't think of USC as one of these elite programs. Now, I think as more people have found out, if they didn't know before, USC is the top 25 team in the country when it comes Sorry, to track and field. Their track as Fry has mentioned, is one of the quickest. Um, and if you don't understand what I'm trying to say, Fry says that guys just test out well. Guys run well on that track. It's considered to be a quick, quick surface. It's gonna, it's gonna give USC an opportunity to really get that program out there. And if Harbor is able to come in here, have a tremendous career both in track and field and football, or he even goes on and becomes an Olympian in track and field. It's going to really give USC an added recruiting advantage. Because, again, like Kevin said, this isn't the first guy that's come through here that has played football that will also do track and field. But at the same time, too, and this isn't a knock on any of the guys that have come through, from a football and track standpoint, I mean, this is a five-star in every sense of the word across the board. Football, track, whatever. the I mean – Five-star in, in, in just size. So I bring all that up because there's going to be more eyeballs on it. There's going to be more eyeballs on him. And if he's able to have a successful career and what that looks like, right, how can you determine what a successful career is? Is it being able to help South Carolina from a track and field standpoint, be able to win a conference championship, be able to win a national championship, be able to go on and compete in the Olympics, what 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 does it have to be? I don't think it necessarily has to be goes on to the Olympics, gets a medal. I think he can still be able to do things on a smaller scale. And that's not to say he won't reach that point. But what I'm trying to get at is at intern Joe is the opportunities this could open up for football because now you have someone to point to. Someone who has an opportunity to really take off. In multiple sports. But obviously, I think a lot of people think it's going to be track and field. So I think it's going to just give USC an added recruiting advantage because now you can point and be like, yeah, Harbor did all this stuff here at South Carolina. You see the resources you have, this and that. On top of it, you're getting coached up by Curtis Fry. Harbor gives a nice endorsement for Fry down the road if things play out well. I mean, that's just going to help. That's just that's just the sugar on I mean, really? That's the sugar, that's the cherry, that's the whipped cream, the walnuts, the fudge. That's everything on top. 
Anything you can think of to be able to give yourself some type of competitive advantage when it comes to recruiting, that's another extra. That's another extra, no question about it. But, again, one step at a time. Yeah, Mike, I mean, it was – I guess going back to the main point of all that is like Coach Fry talked about how, you know, you're right, this, the track surface is, is very fast and whatnot. And I think, you know, to Kevin's point, they are bringing in some recruits because – of, you know, their prominence right now and how they're doing, you know, being a top 25 program. And obviously coach Fry is an amazing human being and like such a good coach. Um, so I think that helps too in recruiting, but I mean, Fry said it best in his presser, man. He's like, this guy is fast on the parking lot. He doesn't need a fast surface to be, to be good, but it's only going to help him and benefit him. And two, I think, you know, it's it's different when guys, you know, run track and field and then it supplements their football. But this kid, like Harbor's, you know, talent is in both sports. Like his track and field is almost supplementing his football. It's it's not like a kid in high school that's doing track and field to stay in shape for football. Mm-hmm. It's which a lot do, which yeah, a lot do. Well, yeah, like, I mean, kids pick up lacrosse as a spring sport just uh, to be – diverse right because you need kids to stay diverse and you want them to play multiple sports growing up and it just i mean fast twitch muscles i mean i could go on an hour-long spiel about that but i mean like this kid is special when it comes to track it is ridiculous at how like talented he is and the potential that he has on the track like he is coming to south carolina to do both and to do both extremely well. And and Fry was also cautious to say that, you know, he's like, we're not going to hurt him. Like, he's like, we're going to do things that are within his wheelhouse and that what he knows to do, we're not going to, you know, overextend him. And um, he was like, uh, the thing that I took from that is like, you know, he must be in pretty good shape already. Like, cause he's coming in hot. He's coming in having run. I mean, we showed the video, like having run all of this stuff and whatever. And the way Fry talked about it is like, they're not going to overtask him, um, but he's still going to run everything that he's running now. So it's like, I, I mean, it shows you like how talented he is um, because like he's already in shape. He's already in football shape is what Fry said. Fry said he's in well over track shape and well in football shape. So that shows you like how much he's been working on both. And it is kind of a different, you know, feel different shape, different body type, whatever, getting into it. But I think, you know, he's going to come in here more prepared than any other freshman in the country will because of his track background and because he's competing too. I mean, mentally as well, like, you know, track is, is it's half, half it's a mental game. You got to believe that you're better and, you know, just competing like that does a lot for your mentals. And I, I think, that's another advantage he has because, I mean, we saw the other weekend, last weekend, that he was going up against the pros. So, I mean, Fry talked about that a little bit too. Like, I keep quoting him out of this presser. I should have um, had some quotes ready to go. But, I mean, he, he he was very, very complimentary of, you know, his mentals going in to this and then also how, it's, how he plans on developing it. And it's just going to – I mean, it's – both sports are going to benefit each other. And then also, too, mm-hmm. Harper's going to benefit the, the track program as well because – if Fry can turn him into an Olympian or, you know, bigger and better. And I think, you know, again, it goes hand in hand because as well as he does on the football field, it's like, oh yeah, he runs track too, by the way. And so all mm-hmm. the track athletes who see him playing on Saturdays are like, oh, hey, let's, let's give uh, South Carolina a shout and coach, coach Fry a shout. And like, let's take a look at that. And then vice versa. Right. I mean, not as much track and field guys going to play football, but you know, you get the, one of the picture I'm yeah. painting here. So, I mean, the track background just screams talent. Like, we, you guys watched 
what we just watched on, on, on the screen, like that kid is ridiculously fast, man. And he's six, five is the crazy thing. Like he, he was the tallest guy at, at, at the pro um, event. And it was funny. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, that's the high. They were introducing him. It's like hmm. tallest kid in the field. Oh yeah. He's still in high school. Cause yeah, he is. It's crazy, man. So I think he's going to be obviously something special for, you know, the football team, obviously, but for the track team, I think, you know, it, him coming here and being able to do both, which he will, like I said, I think it's going to be a very big priority for him to do both. Uh, I think it's going to be huge for, for, for track and field because like it draws eyes to it. Mm-hmm. I guess the fair weather fans, you call them pink hat fans, like normal people like us, Mike football guys are going to be watching the track and field events. We're going to mm-hmm. be out there covering it um, to see what Harbor can do. And I mean, like I said, you know, watching what I just did or what the clips I just pulled up, like, I am more than willing to go down and watch that time after time after time again. Like it's so much fun to watch. And it'll also kind of give us an idea of like the rest of the team, like to like shine a light on some of the, the, you know, unsung heroes, if you will, or the, an area of athletics that doesn't get a whole lot of attention. So I, again, the impact cannot be understated. And obviously he's a five-star guy. And I guess I'll end my, my little ramble with this. I love how South Carolina the 2023 class signed more five-stars than the entire big 10 which is one. Well, speaking about five stars, different sport, just a quick update before we take a quick timeout. Gigi Jackson coming off the bench tonight, just one of six, 0 for five on threes. Uh, Two points for Gigi so far. I I know that there is more to it, and I'm sure our colleagues who are at the game tonight, Colin Taylor being one of them, and – uh, to bury the lead, South Carolina is down by 18 right now against Vandy, 50 to 32 with uh, about 13 and a half to go. But I bring that up because, um, you know, hopefully Colin, hopefully Michael and Anna, DC, whoever's there tonight, hopefully they they ask the the, the hard hitting question, which is like, you know, what's going on here? All right, doesn't mean it doesn't mean Lamont Paris will answer it, but it's got to be asked. And because Lamont doesn't make himself available or has not been available in comparison to years past when you see Frank do the weekly press conference leading up to games, we don't have an opportunity to know really what's going on other than after the game. I hope to God someone asks him that question. You have to. You have oh, to ask him the question. That's the journalism. You have to ask the question. And I, they, and, I they, and I hope they press him too. You know, I hope they press him too. And don't get me wrong. I agree with what Paris is doing, depending on, again, we, we can only make assumptions right now. We can only make assumptions, right? And the assumption is, the assumption is, we know what happened a couple weeks back. We know the comments that Gigi Jackson made, okay? Lamont Paris put his foot down. As a result, at least what we've seen on TV, is that Gigi hasn't been handling it maybe the way that Paris would like him to. At least that's been something that we've all noticed on TV, right? The body language and stuff. And again, young kid, right? He's used to winning. It's all he did over at Ridgeview. You know, he's been told how great he is since day one. He is a good kid. But at the same time, too, you need to respond back to these things. How do you respond back? And maybe Paris just hasn't been pleased with how he's been responding back to it. Could be as simple as that. I just hope it's asked tonight. Just hope it's that. So I just wanted to bring that up again. South Carolina 
Once again, they are looking for their first SEC home win on the season. They were able to win the other night. Yeah. Able to get the win the other night against Ole Miss, but have not won on their own court this season when it comes to conference play. Speaking about trying to win on your home court, though, especially at this time of the year, Liberty Tax intern Joe, they know how to win. Yeah, Liberty Tax, we'll go straight into it. Tax anxiety is that uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team at Liberty Tax and Irmo Lexington in Columbia will walk you through the process. And, shoot, I'm getting the apologize for that uh we'll walk you through the process clear up any confusion and guarantee you'll get the best possible refund or your money back it's tax time if you're in a hurry for your refund call the team at liberty tax fast accurate and guaranteed on the other hand if you think you might be owing uncle sam talk to the liberty tax team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe they'll find every possible deduction for you locally owned and operated staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood Open 9 to 9 on weekdays, 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start through the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents, and when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. You can give them a call at 803-462-5576. Once again, their number is 803-462-5576. Give them a call for all of your tax needs. Today's program is also brought to you by our good friend Clint Hammond over at the Mortgage Network. Clint has been a longtime supporter of Gamecock Central and has been a longtime sponsor of GC Live. And he's also good friends with our friend, Wes Mitchell. My friend, your friend, everyone's friend, Wes Mitchell here at GC. He helped him through his mortgage process. He's also helped out Gamecock quarterback, former captain, Perry Orth. Give Clint a call like so many have throughout the Midlands at 803-576-4450. He'll be able to help you go through that process, make it easier, like he did for Wes Mitchell. Intern Joe, I know we kind of hit on uh, some basketball there. And uh, I do want to mention this because I think it's, you know, we, we mainly focus on football on this program. So many different shows that we're doing now at, at Gamecock Central. Shout out the hard foul. But, uh, yeah, shout out to the hard foul. Check them out on Sundays. They, are, uh, they hopped around last week just because of the Super Bowl. We did. Good business decision, though. Good business decision. <laughs> they went live. Yep, 100%. And they went live right after the women's basketball game. 1.5 million viewers tuned in, according to ESPN. That peaked at 1.6 million. Place was packed, sold out, 18,000. South Carolina stays unbeaten. They got a handful of games left to go undefeated in the regular season. And they're also riding a 31-game winning streak going back to last year. Tremendous win for Don Staley and USC. Intern Joe, let's talk some spring football now. Hopefully, in the next couple weeks, we're going to be getting, hopefully I say the next couple of weeks, hopefully in the next couple of days more than anything, we're going to get the uh, schedule for the spring football season for USC. And everything will come out, everything official. Um, we know we've been hearing those rumors that spring game could be like it was last year, the day before Easter. Nothing official has been announced yet, though. Nothing official has been announced yet. Um, as far as spring football goes, 
what's one thing in particular you have a question about with this team that you want hopefully addressed or at least a little bit more clarity with this team after we go through the spring portion? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a couple um, couple questions that I guess I have going forward. And one thing that I'm looking for in particular is um, – Obviously, I do want to see the the freshman situation resolved. Um, you would like to see, you know, the, the three or four players suspended. I don't know if we'll get anything about that, but you would hope it's wrapped up. A, any decision done by summer ball um, at the very least. Uh, so that's that's one thing, like in terms of need that that I would like to see. But in terms of logistics and, and how how or like I guess on field play. I do want to see how the new signees do. Obviously, you want guys to adapt. The early enrollees, you want to see a lot from them. And you want to see, in terms of, like, I guess the spring game and and from practice, you want to see them adapting. You want to see them meshing well with the team. And I'm sure from what I've, you know, seen and and heard from um, everywhere around the building that that is definitely the case. Pup Howard in particular, they're kind of taking – everyone's kind of taking him under under his wing under or under their wing and whatever. And, I mean, I've heard – also, from another source that, you know, Pup Howard has been the first guy in the building and the last guy to leave on almost every occasion that they have had for spring football. So I think it's huge for Pup um, to be that kind of guy and, and to have that kind of impact. Um, and so the, the, obviously I, I would like to see um, how, how that shakes out with Pup and where he's going to play and whatnot. And, um, you know, Spring football, the the rosters and the depth chart, or the guys that they roll out there for the spring game, obviously, like, you'll have your clear and obvious starters, like the Marcellus Dials, the, you know, Boogie Huntleys, the Tonka Hemingways. Like, those guys are going to start. Yeah, absolutely. Nick Gargiulo, Spencer Rattler. Like, obviously, those guys will be your starters. And all the guys that are, you know, have question marks, you know, by whether or not they'll start, we won't have any idea till, or till August, September, whenever the season does start. But – what I, I guess what I want to see through spring ball is the development of the new guys. I do also want to see the development of the offensive line. Now that Gargiulo is in, you have your veteran presence. So start building the offensive line chemistry now. And we, we did see the, uh, the, the video about the financial literacy. It looked like they were having fun. Obviously, yeah. now is the time to build chemistry. You, you want that for the team going forward. And obviously, you'll add some guys for summer ball and whatnot. But – when you really enroll E, a lot of that is, you know, you're not in full pads. You're not hitting all the time or as much as you would be, you know, in the summer and, and, and fall. So now you've got to build the chemistry. So you, I want to see that, especially on the offensive line, because bingo, the, the entire offensive line has been uprooted and, and gone. Obviously, you have a couple guys sticking around. But now that you have Gargiulo in, your veteran presence that like you wanted, you know, to kind of anchor it at center, I believe. He's here, and so now is the time to kind of get your guys and find find your guys that you want and need um, that for, for uh, you know, the offensive line. And also, same goes for defensive end and defensive line. It's, it's the same situation, right? We saw how much chemistry the defensive line had and how, how much of a unit they were together. That's another question mark, and I, and I see Kevin's comment, the defensive end position. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's huge that – um, Jordan Strawn got his extra year. Um, one of the best nicknames on the team, the stretch, because he's massive, really lengthy, really long. Um, I think he's going to be a big part. But, yeah, obviously you want to see who they're playing there at the defensive end position. 
Um, and linebackers too. Um, Mo Cobb is going to be a big guy. Obviously, Pup Howard. It'll be interesting to see how early Pup plays. I think he'll be playing towards the top or towards the front end of this scrimmage. And I, I would like to see Pup, you know, maybe break into the rotation, let alone starting position. Obviously, you have Stone Blanton in there who showed a lot last year. Um, Peyton Williams, Nicky Minwari, those guys will be back. I think, you know, it's going to be really cool to see them kind of transition into, I guess, leaders too, although you're they're still young. Um, they'll turn into leaders on the defense simply because they've had time to get the IQ down and they're going to start, you know, paving their way to being the next group of guys in the D, like Gamecock defensive backs that go into the draft and get picked in the first five rounds. So they're paving their way. I'm excited for them to kind of step up into a little bit more of a leadership role. And again, like I said, the biggest point is, you know, the offensive line and then logistically you got to figure out what's going on with those free, three freshmen, but that, that, that won't be as big of a story going forward. Intern Joe, side note, as I had the microphone off there. I was going to say. For anyone watching right now, you probably noticed my eyes are absolutely just watering right now. I don't know if it's just because I've only been back here for a couple days. I went for a little jog around the stadium today. I don't know if the, I've noticed some pollen coming back out. I don't know if anyone's dealing with pollen. I feel like some, I feel like I'm just getting punched in the face right now. I don't know if it's my nose is stuffy. Eyes are watery. Um I promise. I'm, I mean, look, football makes me emotional, but uh, I don't. I don't know if spring football makes me emotional. But um, speaking about, you know, you mentioned it. The offensive line is a question that I want to see. I, I need to see this group come together as quickly as we can. You know, I, I don't want to be a broken record. I said last year that USC would start the year off one and two, but still be able to finish strong and get eight wins, beat Tennessee, do all those things. The thing about it is you look at this season, it's not that I'm sitting here saying that USC is going to start the year off one and two, but it could go that way. It could quickly go that way. And a lot of that's going to be determined by what this team is able to do in terms of being able to build that rapport in the offensive line. There's no question they have the weapons. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, There's my no goodness. Point. Joey, I'm going to interrupt you, Mike, real quick, because that picture, those pictures that he posted, good God. I mean, you would think he'd get drug tested based on those pictures. He looks like a freaking freak, man. Well, they do, so, they Joey, do, I'm glad drug, you brought that up. I saw that drug test in college in turn, Joe. Yeah, well, yeah. sometimes there's a random one. Not because of, you know, your physical. Well, if, if he gets you know. drug tested now, it's not. It's going to be because of you. You know, yeah, you, you put right. red flags up here. Yeah, absolutely. But to get back to what we were, <laughs> we were saying, though, is they have the talent when it comes to skill guys, right? You think about the receivers. I understand the running back room from a proven depth standpoint. It's not there right now. They got some talented guys, but we want to be able to see what they're able to do. If that offensive line can come together, I think that will be able to mask that offense of, uh, excuse me, the, the running back room. You'll be able to cover it up. You won't need necessarily all Americans as we joke around about. You don't need all Americans at running back if you have a good offensive line, especially with a good quarterback in Spencer Rattler and some of the guys they do have at wide receiver, plus the new additions they have in the tight end room as well. Um, that's what I'm looking at the most in turn, Joe. You hit it. I know edge has been another position that a lot of people are interested in. 
I think the other thing I want to see is I want to see what Nick Eamon Worry does this year. Guys like Nick Eamon Worry and DQ Smith, right? That sophomore year for guys, it's either they take that next step right away or they kind of struggle. They kind of struggle. And I'm not saying that it's a ego thing. I'm not saying that it's a, you know, what I'm trying to get at is for whatever reason, you see guys when they come out of high school, especially those true freshmen, right? They come out there and you you don't really have that much. You, know, you don't have high expectations for them. I mean, let's face it. They're freshmen. They're freshmen. Eamon Rory put together one of the best seasons by a freshman in all of college football last year. DQ Smith, he had more opportunities as the season went on. He proved his worth. The question now becomes, what are they going to do or what have they done in the offseason? What are they working on in the spring to make sure that they don't plateau off? It happens so many freaking times, not just in college football, but in, in, in college athletics. When you have a freshman come on the scene and they just play absolutely out of their mind, absolutely out of their mind. What happens from year one to year two? Because if even Worry can come out there and have a strong start, never mind the fact of, okay, we have our safety. Now you're talking about as the season goes on, you get into that second part of the year, this sophomore could be one of your leaders out there on defense. DQ Smith, same deal. So that's that's one thing I'm looking I'm looking at is, what are those two guys in particular going to be able to do to take that next step? To take that next step so that we're not sitting here a year from now saying, man, mm, Nick Eamon Worry, mm, DQ Smith. Wow, they were great. They were great freshman year. They hit that bump, though. They hit that bump sophomore year. Hopefully that's not the case. And I bring those two players' names up in particular because – what they did last season was phenomenal. Just like with this team, the expectation for those two, it's higher now. And it should be higher. And they should welcome that. But at the same at the same time, too, they have to go out there now. And they have to prove that it wasn't just this one-hit wonder. No, 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 no. We had good freshman seasons. And more of that, I'm not necessarily saying that this is the case, but, you know, if you thought it was because of athletic ability, just wait. Now we're watching film. Now we know what the hell we're doing even more now because we've had a year to be able to learn what the heck being a college athlete is all about, what a student athlete is all about. So that's what I'm looking at in turn, Joe. Any final thoughts as we hit the hour mark? Uh, Nothing really. I mean, tune in to the Harlow Plug Our Show because obviously the Gigi Jackson saga is continuing to – Thicken, if you will, coming down to the end of the season. I will plug our our live show, the Hard Foul Sunday at seven o'clock. Should be um, once again back to our normally scheduled time. Come get all of your Gigi Jackson. What is he? I, I gotta cut you off, intern Joe. Yeah, I understand South Carolina is down by three touchdowns. Gigi is one of seven with six threes. I don't know. He's That's what I'm saying. Like, so it, it just. It, but we've talked about this all freaking year. And I know what, you know, 
You guys will do this on the hard foul. I'm going to save my piece for the hard foul, but go off. Go crazy. But why? Why, like, why are you hanging out on the perimeter? You're not Peja Soyakovic, all right? You're a big body, but get your ass down the freaking paint. Get your ass in the paint. I know you're down by three. Three touchdowns right now, okay? You're down by freaking 21. And I'd look at this and be like, all right, that's the situation. No, no, no. It's been like this all freaking year. And I don't know. I don't know if this has anything to do with his lack of playing time tonight or over the last two games now in particular because he played a season low five, what was it, 12 minutes last game. I don't know how many minutes it's been tonight. Could be even less than that. God, I... It's not good. I wish, I wish, I wish these these post game press conferences were live because yep. I'd love to be able to listen to it. Uh, we're all going to be waiting until it goes up. But again, Colin, DC, Michael, and Anna, someone, please press the questions tonight. Press the freaking questions. Goodness, it's coming to a fiery end. And like you got to ask. I'm you gonna ask the hard questions. Tonight. Somebody will because tonight I've heard just from everything I've seen on Twitter and, and people texting me, um, it's it's not great. So um, somebody will definitely or yeah. hopefully at least ask. Um, like I said, I'll save my piece for the hard foul because I can only see this situation getting worse. Um, but yeah, tune in on Sunday night. Colin, I'll have Colin Taylor who's there tonight. Uh, he'll, he, I'm sure he's got a pretty good um, take on it. And so yeah, tune in. It's going to be interesting because I think that's the biggest story right now in Gamecock athletics, the prodigal son and everything kind of coming to a a fiery end, if you will. Um, Obviously there's football things going on. That's important, but did you like basically sum to sum it up? Like what the hell is wrong with Gigi Jackson? And I I, I will get to it Sunday night. Believe me, there will be plenty of Gigi talks So tune in. Goodness. Oh, and I, yeah, this is where I wish, it was more like, you know, like professionals and you could have access to the locker room and be able to go up to a player and talk to them or at least request to interview them. And Jesus they could always say no. Right. There's no oh, way. God, I would love it. There's I would no love it. But hey, that's what it is. And the reason I say all that, because I know there's so many people out there. We'll end it on this. I know there's so many people out there, but, well, you know, he's 18 years old. You know, they're college kids. And this isn't necessarily just directed at Gigi. I'm talking about in general. I'm talking about in general being able to have access to players more. Um, these guys are getting paid now. They're getting paid now. Okay? So you want to be a big boy? And, again, I know not every player is getting, you know, either GG money or Spencer Rattler money or whatever the case may be. Leah Boston money. Um, but you want to be a big boy. All right? More of that comes with it. More, 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 more responsibility. That's just, and again, I know it's not going to happen. I, I know we're fortunate with the Garnet Trust interviews. We have access to some of these players, but, you know, nothing really is going to be, I would say, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. He's intern Joe. I'm Mike Yuba. You guys have been watching at GC Live Talking Tuesday nights. We'll do it again next Tuesday and hopefully. Hopefully sooner rather than later, we will have that spring football schedule for you, as well as the official date for that spring game. Even though it's looking like that mid-April game, right before Easter, we're still waiting.
for the official word. And hopefully we'll be able to get that to you guys sooner rather than later. Catch intern Joe and Colin Taylor. Send a night on the hard foul. Plenty of basketball to talk about, which we just kind of hinted at a little while ago. So be sure to tune in for that. And uh, we'll do it again next Tuesday. Have yourself a good Tuesday night. Happy Valentine's Day. Intern Joe, go find yourself a, a friend out there tonight, pal. I'll text my girl right now. I didn't even know you had a girlfriend. The more you know. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, we're it's complicated, but yes. All right. <laughs> we're not going to pry into Intern Joe's love life at the end right here. All right, everybody. <laughs> See you later on that note. <laughs>